You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Though much of the human brain structure is determined by the age of five, recent research has shown that many life-shaping changes are still occurring in the brain between ages 10 and 20. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and with me today is Dr. Monique Ernst. Dr. Ernst is board certified in psychiatry and neurology and is senior staff clinician in the intramural program at the National Institute of Mental Health in Bethesda, Maryland. She's a researcher in the branch of developmental and affective neuroscience within the Mood and Anxieties Disorders Program. Her research focuses on brain mechanisms involved in the risk factors, pathogenesis, and treatment of pediatric neuropsychiatric disorders. Welcome, Dr. Ernst. Thank you very much for having me on this show. Today, we're discussing functional effects of brain changes during adolescence. So what kind of major functional impact does the adolescent's brain development? So I think that we are very well-versed into the storm of adolescence. I think that the main thing that, I mean, we, we can summarize the changes during adolescence into three categories. One is risk-taking and maybe bad decision-making. The other one would be emotional ability with mood swings. And the third one is impulsivity, which goes hand-in-hand with decision-making in a way. And so even though there are some adolescents that may be at the other end of the spectrum of risk-taking, those children who are very shy, for instance, still the adolescent period is a time for these kids, which is going to be the highest amount of risk-taking relative to what they are doing in childhood or in adulthood. Let's talk for a minute about risk-taking. I know that you and your colleagues have been doing some research on adolescent risk-taking. Could you tell us a bit about that? I think it's pervasive in the literature showing that across species, as well as across cultures, uh, the period of adolescence is a transition between child and adulthood and is characterized by increased risk-taking. There is a lot of work done by Larry Steinberg, for instance, at Temple, and uh, Linda Speer in uh, Rodents, and some other very well-known scientists who are concurring with the fact that there is increased risk-taking, novelty-seeking, and reward-seeking during this period. So that means that uh, kids will go and ask to uh, jump off the plane or to do this water skating and jumping off these huge slides and et cetera. And that's, you know, we don't do that anymore, you know, later, and kids don't do that either. And so it's the fear of of the risk. And uh, all this, in a way, makes sense from an evolutionary perspective. How is the thrill of the risk registered in our brains? So risk entails uncertainty, and the risk is equivalent to a reward. And so when we talk about a reward, we talk about approach. That's the, some kind of operational definition of reward, something that gives pleasure and is something to try to get. For adolescent, risk or uncertainty may become like a reward in itself. And where is the reward center in the brain? The system, the neural system that's mostly associated with reward is located in the area of the striatum. 
And the dopamine system, the dopamine neurotransmitter system, is one of the main chemicals that is underlying the coding of reward. And you were just about to tell us about the cross-species consistency of this finding. Yes, so it's well known that in non-human primates, in monkeys, uh, there is this period of transition where monkeys leave their family, leave the mother, and try to go and survive elsewhere with peers. This period uh, takes about two years, between two and four years. Same thing with uh, rodents, uh, rats also. There is a period of uh, more risk-taking, more novelty-seeking that lasts during this transition period, which is about two weeks in a rat's life, between uh, 28 and uh, 40 days old. And this particularly in mammalian animals, it's actually pretty difficult to study because it's very short in rodents, for instance. So some primates are maybe very difficult to study. It's a little bit easier in monkeys. And of course, we have all our adolescents, but uh, some of the uh, more biological studies may be more difficult to do. And that may be one reason why this period hasn't been the subject of intensive studies until recently. And if you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and we're speaking today with Dr. Monique Ernst, who is Senior Staff Clinician in the Intramural Program at the National Institute of Mental Health. She's also a board-certified psychiatrist and neurologist. We're talking now about the functional effects of the adolescent's brain evolution. So you were about to tell us more about the similarities across every species from rodents to primates to adolescent humans in this primary operating motive to seek novelty and approach risk. The other part of the changes is uh, changes in uh, social life. And it's well known that adolescents seek more peer relations and peer relationships are more important become more important than family relationships. And the link to the parents become weaker, while the link with peers become much stronger. And this is translated as uh, adolescents seeking more life outside the home territory. And this is, again, something that's been seen in non-human primates. This suggests that it is a very important behavior uh, because it's highly conserved across these different species. And it has probably some very important survival value. And one of the obvious survival value is reproduction. This permits the species to reproduce with a greater chance of viability. The culture itself encourage or discourage sexual relationship between within family members so that there is less chance of expression of genes that are weaker. But if you get two genes that are weaker to be expressed or to uh, occur in the same individual, then you may have more disease. And can you tell us some more about your research on risk-taking in humans and and perhaps with animals too? So the main research that uh, is related to this aspect of adolescence 
is looking at response to reward and punishment in adolescence compared to adulthood. So the research is based the relative balance among the structures that control cognitive function, the prefrontal cortex, that controls avoidance behavior, be careful of threat, protective system, which is the amygdala, and the approach system, which is the striatum, which is most responsive to reward. And as a word of caution, none of these systems are only subserving these functions, but they are mainly contributing to these functions. So the amygdala can have some uh, role also in reward, and the striatum can have some role also in escaping danger. But overall, the primacy of their function is what I've been talking about before. And so how is that different in adolescent novelty and risk-seeking compared to the adult brain? So the model is a very simplistic model, which shows that the prefrontal cortex is not as efficient at controlling activity in the amygdala or ventral striatum. So there is less cognitive control over automatic response to threat or to reward. And at the same time, the system that control reward or approach behavior is more powerful, more efficient in a way than the system that control avoidance of threat and danger which is the around the amygdala. So overall, you have organisms, the adolescents, that responds much more to reward and to risk than an adult mature organism, which would have a more balanced activity among these three centers. At what point during adolescence in the timetable and how it unfolds is this imbalance toward the approach of novelty and risk-taking greatest? So it seems that this is a progressive changes that occur over the years, and it seems that probably it picks around 15, 16. That's the research that we're doing. And it has, as you say, a lot of implication for our societal rules as well. And I want to thank you, Dr. Monique Ernst, for being our guest today as we've been discussing the functional effects of brain changes during adolescence. I'm Dr. Laura Humphrey, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.